Sketch 17 of Zora Boys at Home and Abroad, or How to Succeed. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Zora Boys at Home and Abroad, or How to Succeed, by William Alexander Mackay. Sketch 17. John Griffiths, or One of the Master Builders of Chicago. The career of John Griffiths is closely associated with one of the most important problems of our time. The conflict today between labor and capital extends almost over the whole civilized world, and instead of showing any signs of subsiding, it seems to be getting more acute every year. Many, indeed, fear the chasm between the employer and employee will continue to widen until he comes who will put all wrongs right, and, quote, man to man the world o'er shall brother be for all that in the meantime servants must be reminded that unreasonable demands unjust dictation violence and defence of law will never bring about the reign of righteousness masters also must be warned against injustice harshness oppression and reminded that servants have their rights that it is the duty of the master to take a kindly interest in their concerns and to pay them not the least possible, or what some other firm pays for the same work, but the very most that the business will allow. When masters become millionaires and their servants continue year after year on the brink of starvation, there is something seriously wrong. They must bear in mind also that their employees and those dependent upon them have spiritual as well as temporal wants. Put yourself in the servant's place and do as you would like to be done by. This is the gospel rule. John Griffiths had worked as a bricklayer day by day for years, and now for a long time has been one of the leading master builders in the United States. For the inauguration of an era of sympathy between employer and employed, we must look to men like him, men of clear heads and kind hearts, who know by personal experience both the struggles of the servants and the heavy responsibilities of the master. He was born near Braemar in 1848, and attended the school on the tenth line, lot 11. Among his schoolmates were not a few who have since become prominent in the world, such as James Wood and Brothers, now of Chicago, G. L. McKay, D.D. of Formosa, the late Dr. Hugh McKay of Woodstock, and Rev. R. P. McKay, D.D. of Toronto. Afterwards, young Griffiths attended the school on the eighth line, taught by Rev. J. L. Murray, D.D., now of King Carden. Many were the pitched battles fought in those days. Sides were chosen, usually one concession against another, and the bullets were snowballs, which in mild or soft weather could be made very hard. Today John Griffiths stands six feet two inches, and is well proportioned. He was a powerfully built boy, always ready for fun or fight, and few cared to tackle him. His old schoolmates still laugh as they relate how on one occasion he took hold of Sandy Bruce's young bull by the tail and swung him into a brush heap. In 1872 he left Zora and went to Brantford to work at his trade as bricklayer, which he had learned with his father. From Brantford he went to Chicago, where he worked with a firm of builders, and in a short time was promoted over older and much more experienced men to the position of foreman. 
his career has been an unbroken series of successes, until today he can point to a considerable number of the largest public buildings in half a dozen states as erected under his oversight. Among these are the Masonic Temple, Chicago, standing twenty-three stories high and costing three million dollars, the Rialto, facing on the Board of Trade building, costing one million dollars, the Great Northern Hotel, Chicago, twenty stories high and costing one million five hundred thousand dollars, the Oriental Hotel, Dallas, Texas, costing one million dollars, the Great Northern Depot, Chicago, costing one million two hundred fifty thousand dollars, all the depots and roundhouses on the Rock Island Railroad from Topeka, Kansas, to Colorado Springs, Colorado. The drainage canal of Chicago, designed to convey the sewage of the city a distance of thirty miles to the Mississippi River, is known as a work of great engineering skill. John Griffiths had a contract for a part of this immense work. His tender was $1,500,000, and he made well out of it, though every other contractor lost heavily. The completion of this work was celebrated by a great gathering of leading public men, and many of the expert engineers of the United States. John Griffiths was selected to give the address on the engineering feats of the undertaking, a striking testimony to his skill and the part he took in the construction of the work. The total cost of this canal was over $30 million. He has also erected large works in St. Louis and Kansas City. The only permanent building erected on the World's Fair grounds was the Arts Building, and this was erected by John Griffiths. There are twelve million bricks in it. At present he is engaged in erecting a state building of immense proportions in Atlanta, Georgia. To temperance, tact, and a strict attention to business may be ascribed the success of this Zora boy. His life is a living illustration of the words of a homely poet, quote, Never you mind the crowd, lad, nor fancy your life won't tell. The work is the work for all that, to him that doeth it well. Just fancy the world a hill, lad, look where the millions stop. You will find the crowd at the base, lad, there's always room at the top. End quote. He married a Chicago lady, and has an interesting family of two boys and three girls. His house, built at a cost of $80,000, is situated on Michigan Avenue. He gives largely to religious and benevolent purposes. He still likes to visit the scenes of boyhood days, and when he comes to Woodstock, his aged mother is not the only one who is glad to see her boy. End of Sketch 17